0: Today, we're talking about the final birth story between the two of us. It's the birth of my son, George. He was a water birth from an induced labour. Let's get into it.
1: You're listening to the How to Mum 101 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Karen,
0: and I'm Felicity. I'll start by recapping uh, what happened with Olivia because that plays a part in in the types of decisions that you make in the second birth, I think. It does, for sure. So with uh, Olivia, look, there was a lot, a lot that happened, uh, but one of the things that I regretted most about that birth was the fact that I had an epidural. I did have a, a normal vaginal birth with Olivia um, and... I got stuck at nine centimetres for a really long time and ended up with an epidural uh, because I was just exhausted. And it was okay at the time, but then after birth, I was stuck in the bed and I felt like I couldn't attend to Olivia really well. And I also felt like it impacted my ability to push the baby out really well because I didn't have the sensation. Mm -hmm. And I think... Not, you know, not medically proven, but I have the opinion that it, it might have contributed to the amount of tearing that I had right. as well. So for those reasons, I really wanted to avoid an epidural in the second birth. Mm-hmm. And based on that, but I they're pretty big, I, big reasons too. So yeah, and look, it's it's my my take on it. Like mm. no no medical professional said those to me, and they they may or may not be valid. Um, reasons that it went that way mm. but that's that's just what was going on in my head perception is reality isn't it yeah so
1: if that's how you felt then that's something you got to tackle
0: yeah so look for that reason with my second pregnancy I went through the birth center at my local public hospital uh, and the reason I did that is because they in the birth centers generally put a, a focus on natural limit the amount of drugs um, they do water births and um, they tend not to go for epidurals. If you need an epidural, then they'll transfer you back to, like, the standard hospital care. Mm-hmm. So I did that to kind of force, force the point. <laughs> so, and how does that differ for the first one, for those that haven't heard the first? So, yeah, so in the first, um, with the first pregnancy, I went through the standard hospital care. They mm-hmm. called it the, the normal ward care, yep. um, which meant that I saw a different midwife every appointment during my pregnancy, just whoever was working in the women's centre on the day. Okay. And then when I went into labour and delivery, there was a different group of midwives who work in labour and delivery. So like whoever was on that day, that's who, who I got for mm. um, my birth. And then they, they changed shifts every, I don't know, 10, I don't know how many hours. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so lots um, of different touch points. Lots of
0: different people. And and look, I, I knew that going in and that doesn't bother me. But, but yeah, with, with, what do they call it, the midwife group practice, you, in the birth centre, so kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. you are assigned one midwife and that will be the same person who does your pregnancy care as well as attends your birth and... As was the case with me, which is often the case They will have your appointments at your home So that you don't have to um, go into the hospital Or wait in queues or anything like that So So good It's it's amazing that you can get that kind of um, attention In the public system So yeah, it was really good So yes, I I went through the the group midwife practice uh, To try and limit my access to an epidural Because that was the big thing for me Mm -hmm. going into it But Strategic It it was strategic, yeah (laughs) The pregnancy was pretty much the same as the first one, which was um, fairly uneventful. It was a normal pregnancy, uh, normal normal growth, normal morphology scan. Everything was all good. With my first, I went two weeks over date, so I kind of expected that it might be similar. You kind of expect the same thing to happen the second mm. time. Um, so I was weeks over. Yeah. So I was prepared for that, and I, I wasn't like I know. A, most people tend to get really antsy when they get to the forty-week yes. mark, and they're like, "Okay, get this thing out of me," because they're sick of being pregnant, <laughs> and they, I want to meet my baby now. I've done the forty weeks; I've done my time. But yeah, I just settled into it, and I was um, happy with that. So things started happening for me in the lead up to birth. Um, around, I think I was thirty-eight weeks when I, I suspected I'm suspected that I might have reduced fetal movements they they often encourage you to to just check in with your baby and do like whether you do kick counting or just um just tune in I would tune in once a day as I was getting ready for bed I would lie down in bed uh and just uh feel for movement with Mm. the baby and just kind of connect emotionally and and mentally and just go how you doing you know um
1: (laughs) I can't wait to meet
0: you. Hi, <laughs> feel him move and you know, whatever. And this one particular night, uh, yeah, 38 weeks, it was like 10 o'clock at night, and I lay down in bed and I couldn't get him to move. And I, you know, I did all the things, I got up, I moved around, and it was just nothing, which was unusual. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got out of bed and I found my husband. I said, Look, I'm just going to go into the hospital um, and just get checked out. I don't think it's anything to worry about. I'm just going to go in. Like, I was pretty cruisy because it, it was the second baby. I wasn't worried or anything. I was like, I'm just going to go in. Just I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yes. And I rang the midwife. My particular midwife was uh, had a day off, so I spoke to a different midwife because they have a little group. And she said, yeah, just go into emergency uh, and you, they'll just put you on the monitor. So I did that. And, of course, as soon as they hooked me up... <laughs> They just put those, um, those bands, those belly bands around yeah. and, um, there's the contraction monitor and the heart rate monitor for the baby. And as soon as they put those on, they said, they think that the baby, um, can like hear their own heartbeat and it wakes them up or something. Oh. I think he was just having a sleep and, um, yeah, he woke up straight away and started kicking. Mm-hmm. So, um, as hard as he'd ever kicked me. So i like, <laughs> we, <were> <laughs> we were pretty confident that everything was okay. Yeah. But uh, one of the things they do when you go in for monitoring, at at this hospital at least, is uh, they do a quick ultrasound. They just have these little tiny portable ultrasound machines that they wheel around in the labour and delivery ward. A doctor who was on duty just did a quick ultrasound, and one of the things they check is the fluid levels. I had had those scans in the the first pregnancy um, because I'd been overdue. I'd had a lot of those scans, so I knew what the fluid looked like. It's like a black area. You remembered it? Yeah. Wow. And um, I couldn't see any. I couldn't see any fluid on the monitor and the doctor was very quiet Mm -hmm. and I could see him trying to measure these tiny little pockets of nothing. Right. And he said, "Um, uh, I can't find a lot of fluid around this baby. Mm -hmm. So he booked me in for a proper ultrasound a couple of days later. So you got to go home that night. I went home. Yeah, I got home at like one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and at least I knew my baby was like okay kicking, moving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I went in for the proper ultrasound, and the reading on the fluid then was even lower, okay. and there was also some indication that maybe the placenta was starting to degrade. Uh, the blood flow there wasn't one hundred percent normal, so. Uh, I had to go and then speak to a uh, the obstetrician that was on duty. She sort of weighed up the risks, and her recommendation was that I have an induction. I need to get the baby out one way or another by the end of the week. So she gave me... I think it was about four days until the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And she said, whether whether you have spontaneous labour or have an induction, one way or another, this baby is coming out by the end of the week. And I was happy with that because obviously low fluid levels and placentas starting to have problems, that oh, yeah. sounds good to me. Uh, so we booked in an induction with my midwife on um, Thursday. And then it came to Wednesday night and... My midwife called me and asked me if I wouldn't mind swapping to Friday for my induction because she had another patient who had some anxiety about something or the other, I don't know what, and for some reason really needed to be on the Thursday. So she asked me whether we would swap days and I guess I was okay with that because it gave me an extra day to uh, potentially have spontaneous labour, but also um, yeah, it was still before the end of the week, so it was all good. Um, and that night I had uh, a lot of contractions I had um, like I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's hard to know sometimes it is but yeah. real contractions and I was timing them and they were like three minutes apart and one minute long and they went on for hours and I, they were that bad that I had to like stop and breathe through them and then carry on again mm-hmm. so I thought this it's is happening. it
1: it's happening the yes. extra day was just what you needed
0: Yeah, and um, I thought, well, I'm not going to get exhausted, I'm not going to run out of energy, I'm going to go and have a good night's sleep, and I I was prepared to get up in the middle of the night and go to the hospital to have a baby. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, I woke up in the morning and um, nothing. They'd all stopped. (laughs) So it was really weird. False labour, I think is what it's called. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, But... Look, based on, I think when that kind of thing happens, it does mean that your your cervix is starting to open up. Mm-hmm. So at least I had a bit of confidence then that I probably wouldn't need the gels and and those kinds of things for the induction mm-hmm. because they skip that if your if your cervix is ripe. <laughs> I think that's what they say. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and I look. I needed to get my cervix checked that day before. The induction, just to make sure, and yeah, they said I was like oh, two centimeters and ready to go, basically. Wow. So that was good because it meant I didn't have to go in the night before. I just went in on Friday morning at eight a.m. to have my waters broken. Mm-hmm. So they use the uh, little hook; it's like a knitting needle. Mm. Put that up there, grab the waters, and um, nick them so that they they come out. And actually, and they did that and. Um, there was a fair amount of water that came out oh my gosh so like somehow it hides somewhere and just shows you that like ultrasounds on um aren't always that accurate because you can't see the whole picture yeah so yeah there was a, there was a fair amount of water that came out and the midwife gave me i think i think I negotiated quite a bit <laughs> with her she wanted to give me 1 hour and I think I got 2 hours out of her for labor to start kicking in okay. before we would then move on to the syntocin drip mm-hmm. so i was walking around resting trying all sorts of different things to try and get the labor to come on um, i had a few contractions but they they fizzled out so we got to about it ended up being about 11 um the we needed to put the drip in mm-hmm. now I've got this weird phobia about veins, so anybody sticking something in my vein is like a big deal for me. So she said she wasn't prepared to do it, and she oh. was going to go and get a doctor to really? do it because she felt like the doctor could get it in better. Mm-hmm. And so this beautiful doctor came in um, and was trying to find a vein and couldn't find a vein. Really? <laughs> in my hand, yeah. Event she took about half an hour and eventually got something in, and I wasn't watching, but apparently there was like this huge blood. Sp- Splatter that went everywhere because, like, she—I don't know—but it was terrible. <laughs> anyway, she got it in eventually. We started the drip at like 11:30, and they turn it up in stages. So they start at—I think it's—I remember the number ten for some reason—and then they push it up to twenty, and then thirty. Um, and nothing, not much happened at ten; very mild contractions. And then it got a little bit more intense when they they turned it up. Mm-hmm. And then around lunchtime, I was getting hungry, and I said, can I have a sandwich? And she's like, you're not progressing fast enough. You wouldn't be hungry if you were in proper labor. Wow. (laughs) But she gave me a sandwich and turned the drip up pretty quickly. That's classic. (laughs) So then things things got real at that point. Up until then, I'd just been using a heat pack to um, relieve the pain that was mostly in the front. Mm -hmm. And from then, I did start using some gas and air. Yeah. Uh, And I I did find that quite effective. I was strapped up to the monitors, um, which I find useful to use in combination because you can see when your contractions are starting before you feel them. So you can start getting the gas in. Yeah. And um, I did that for like, I don't know, an hour and things were getting so intense and I was starting to get tired and I just like start to get exhausted and start to get a bit hopeless, like... Am I going to be able to do this? I'm so, so much pain. Like, I don't, I'm just feeling tired. And I said, look, can you just check me? Can you just see how far along I am? Like, is this going to happen soon? So she did uh, a check to see how dilated I was. And she said, okay, you're doing really well. You're at five (sighs) centimetres. I just burst into tears. That wasn't what you wanted to hear. No, like I was at two centimeters when we started. You're telling me I've only done three. Yeah. And like it's been hours, and I'm tired. And she's like, so draining. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But she was, look, she was really um, nice and encouraging. And she said, look, do you want to change it up? Do you want to do something different? You've spoken about a water birth. You've signed the forms. Like, do you want to maybe just get in the bath and um, we can go from there? I said, oh. I don't want to be in the bath for, like, five centimetres. That might take five hours, you know. But I was like, oh, I've got to do something. I can't sit here anymore. So uh, we got in the bath, and I was able to keep the, the monitors on my belly. I think mm-hmm. they had the wireless ones. Okay. And kept the drip in mm-hmm. and kept going with the gas and air in the bath. Wow. Well. So, like, everything just moved into the bath. <laughs> yeah, things got, like, way more intense way quickly. I was... Writhing around in the bath, and uh, it was just—it was full on. And at some point, I was just like, "I really can't do this." And I said to her, "Is it too late for an epidural?" And she said, "No, we can get an epidural if you want." I was like, "That's not the answer I was looking for. I don't want one." Yeah, you and you would have talked that with me her. out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but she—I think she was just being nice. I, I said to her, almost in the same breath, I said, "I need to push." Like I can feel so much pressure down there. And Mm. this was like 30 or 40 minutes after I'd been 5 centimetres. Yeah, right. I said, there's no way I should be pushing now. So she checked me and she said, yep, you're good to go. Go for it. Um, And I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) okay, now now I've got to do this.
1: So there was no time for the epidural after all. Yeah. And the change of scenery from Mm. the bed or well, the, the ward to the bath and 30 minutes made a huge difference it
0: did yep. yeah. and it look I did find the bath as well like really comforting in a way it, it just, it didn't when I was outside of the bath I felt like I needed to move somewhere else like I wasn't in the right place mm-hmm. um, I just couldn't get comfortable but in the bath I just felt like taking the gravity away a little bit um, was soothing in mm-hmm. some way Yep. Definitely. And, look, I don't know if it was before I started pushing or while I was pushing, there was another midwife that kept coming into the room and going, making some signals that I wasn't fully aware of, but what I deduced from it all (laughs) was that there was some distress in the signals that they were getting from the baby. Okay. Uh, So they were kind of um, saying, this needs to happen quick before we go to next steps. Sure. My midwife was really determined on me, having a natural birth and and not having any interventions mm-hmm. so she was kind of holding them off and, right. s- and saying it's fine don't worry about it we're good here wow, um that's so lovely. that was great yeah so I was pushing and this happened to me in the first birth as it did in the second when you when I was pushing I had midwives telling me to hold my breath and they say hold your breath breath push as hard as you can like as if you're doing a poo yes <laughs> And you need to do like three pushes per contraction. But I, for some reason, that just didn't sit well with me. I had... Didn't didn't feel right. Didn't feel right. And I felt like, do you know what? I'm just going to do... This is my second child. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm an expert. I'm an expert. I do not want to hold my breath. And I think part of it had come from uh, just a side note here. I had seen a, a woman's physio in between the two pregnancies, and the woman's physio had said to me, "When you're doing a poo, don't hold your breath, because it's damaging to you know your, your pelvic floor and all those muscles down yeah. there. Like you need to um, breathe through it, breathe breathe into it." And mm-hmm. I'd read about this thing called J breathing as mm-hmm. well. I won't go into it now, but okay. I'd read about that as well. Is that doing um, poos or babies? Babies. <laughs> okay. Every time I pushed, I. I breathed out
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and I kind of pictured the movement of the baby the breath coming down my body as my lungs were deflating and going into the baby and then the baby coming out I was kind of visualizing that Mm -hmm. as I was going and that seemed to work okay for me even though they kept telling me to hold my breath I was like nah it's all right (laughs) I was pushing for probably an hour And at some point, we realized that the drip had actually fallen out of my arm. Okay. So I wasn't actually getting any Synthosin anymore. My body had just taken over, and the contractions were coming naturally at that point. Great. Thinking back, I can can probably uh, remember, or I think I know when that happened, because before it fell out, I was really, really tense uh, and anxious and just felt like the pain was too intense it had gone too far Mm -hmm. and then when it fell out I um I I was able to relax and you know when that pain intensity just goes down a notch and Mm -hmm. you can relax then things open up and it just it helps the whole process I think that's amazing Um, yeah so about an hour push the baby out um, in the bath in the the bath in the bath yeah so thank goodness that baby came out if yeah I mean, I don't know what else I need to say, but
1: obviously the head comes out first. What a relief, though. So there was yes. no complications once once you got to that point and you dilated and you started pushing him out, even though there was potentially some signals from some of the other mm. midwives that maybe there was some distress or or something like that they were picking up, that everything was actually okay in terms of when he actually came out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, it did, it did take quite a while. An hour is quite long. But, yeah, the head
1: kind of pops out first and then
0: stops. So there was, like one or two contractions where the baby's like half in, half out <laughs> which is a really horrible kind of feeling, like you feel like there's something there that needs to be not there I can imagine, <laughs> haven't experienced it but yeah, I can imagine and then you kind of worry, well like, are the shoulders bigger than the head <laughs> but then yeah, baby comes out and it's such a relief it just feels like it's out thank you and I was crying, the baby was screaming um but, yeah, he was there, and, uh, and then I felt the placenta right there as well. And I, and they, I think they don't like you to birth the placenta in, in the, the bath. bath, but I was still in the bath, and I was like, I really need to get this thing out.
1: Can I push? And eventually they said yes, and it just slipped out pretty easily. You know, that, that is something that's something that still, um, I think, when you, you learn about and hear about babies being born growing up, like, you don't hear about or know about a placenta needing to be birthed. Yeah until you actually start, you know, getting into childbirth. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to hear you say that because both of mine were cesareans, as Mm. you know. So I don't know, I didn't feel the experience of actually birthing a baby through my vagina, but also the fact that you almost, like, go through a second birth with the placenta. Mm. So that's, yeah, so did you actually feel, like, is it the same experience or just to a lesser degree with the placenta? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: Like, you, you feel the pressure of it sitting right there at your cervix. Yeah. Um, and it feels like it needs to come out. It's a yeah pressure,
1: and that happens pretty much straight away, or does it take?
0: Is there a delay? It's different for different people, but for me, it was straight away. Okay, as soon as the baby came out, I felt the placenta right there. Okay, um, and that happened with the first as well. Uh, no, it was delayed with the first. I didn't have sensation. Oh, of course, so different. they gave me with the first. They gave me the centosis <laughs> shot, um, and then asked me to push the placenta out. Okay, so that was completely. different Different, sensation
1: yeah so did you have to get out of the bath with george to to birth the placenta or
0: no they did let me birth the placenta in the bath so Mm -hmm. i think at that point i was um holding george on my chest yeah and um yeah he came out like purple and white so i was like a little bit worried but he was screaming so that was a A good good, sign a good (laughs) sign i think um I think the cord might have been around him. I don't know. You don't even like realize what's going on with so the But yeah, he he was. They just unwrapped him, and he had some membrane on his face. So he did have some um, membranes that were sticking like in his mouth and his nose. So that maybe was I don't know. But they just fished some that membranes, out. Membranes, like yeah, like your um, internal, your what's it called, your sac, yes. embryonic sac, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. The, so, you, yeah, when they break your waters, they break the membrane. Yes. And there was some of that that was like... A, or like some... Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, but they just took that away and, um, yeah, he was just on my chest screaming. Birth the placenta. They put the placenta in a little dish. <laughs> Scooped it out? Yep. Scooped it out with a little ladle? Yeah. But it was really nice there, lying in the bath.
1: I with bet. My, with my baby.
0: Yeah. And, um, and that sense of relief, like yeah, you know. mentioned. And then we waited for the, the cord to stop pulsing while, while we were still in the bath mm-hmm. um, and then cut the cord. Did and, your husband cut the cord? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then hopped out the bath and that was it, I guess.
1: Wow. Mm. And apart from your midwife, were there many other people in the room at the point when you were actually giving birth? Well,
0: my husband was there, yes. even though I haven't mentioned him so far. <laughs> Shout out to the hubby. You about him too. <laughs> I had given him strict instructions to take photos the whole time because he yes. didn't do that the first time. <laughs> and you did get some good photos. Yeah, got a few. Yeah. yeah a few yeah. videos as well. Yeah. Um, so,
1: yeah, that was good. And
0: uh, I had a student midwife as well. Wow.
1: so It's so amazing, isn't it, like just the different um, scenarios with mm. like being in the caesarean theatre section when there's like maybe a dozen people it feels yeah. like. Um, so what about, like, the paediatrician and... Because when you have a caesarean, they're basically there and they just right, take yeah, the baby pretty yeah. much and do all that those checks. Like, when does all that happen when you have a water birth in, in the experience that you had?
0: So let me think. I got out the bath and handed over... Oh, I think... What did I do? Like, no, how did you planned, get out of the bath? I, it was tricky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was attached to a few different things. Yeah. But, yeah, kind of wrapped myself up in towels or whatever. I, I wanted to hold on to George... For a while after birth because i didn't get that chance with olivia and i, I really wanted to bond with him with skin to skin to i felt like it would help with our breastfeeding um later on in our connection because that was another thing that yeah. didn't happen with olivia so i think we lay in the bed for for quite a long time and and i, I wanted to hold on to him before they did anything in the him. bed or bath in the oh, bed, in
1: the bed. Like, once you've got out yeah yeah okay yeah
0: and then, um, I think, I think we did that for like 40 minutes.
1: That's um, nice.
0: Yeah. And then, um, I went and had a shower cause I was covered in goop and stuff. <laughs> I was going to ask that. Yeah. 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 Uh, handed him over to get what, so pretty much as soon as you're ready, like they're all waiting in the wings. Yeah. Okay. Um, just outside. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as soon as you're ready, they'll come, they come in, they do the, the midwives do the weighing and the measuring mm-hmm. and the shots. And then the paediatrician, I think, to be honest, I think she only came in quite a bit later, a few hours later, Mm -hmm. because they knew he was fine. He didn't need any emergency attention. So, yeah, she came in and she did all the checks for just general general health a little bit later.
1: Yeah, all good. Amazing. Mm. And so you mentioned at the beginning that the big regret was the epidural so you yes even I'm though you that. started talking about it at one point <laughs> yeah. you got a through moment that. of weakness yeah yeah, yeah. And, we, and exactly that's what I was thinking as you were sort of talking about I'm getting to that tired and you do you you have this perception or idea about what you want to happen mm. and then you know things can change and I think it's I think the learning for me and I don't know about you is that actually it's okay to change your mind as long as you're yeah. the one that's making the decisions
0: it is okay to change your mind yeah um yeah. but it yeah, it's also you do need to be prepared for that moment of weakness. I think it happens a lot when you get to that moment just before you're ready to push. You feel like I felt I thought I was going to die. To be honest, <laughs> wow. like I thought, like the level of pain that I was going through, I thought I was gonna not be- sustainable. I thought yes. I was going to die. So that's that's why I asked for an epidural because yeah. I thought I cannot bear this. But while the words were coming out of my mouth. I was regretting saying them mm-hmm. because I knew that I didn't want that. I knew what would happen to my body when I got that epidural. And yes. I, and I, I didn't want to get out the bath either. Yeah. So I didn't want it. Yeah. But I just it was I just needed to know what my options were because reaction. I couldn't
1: bear it. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Mm. But you got through it and you didn't have your epidural. Yes. Tick. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... And were there any... Do you have any other... Do you have any regrets about this experience? I regretted asking for an epidural. I think that's
0: the only thing I regret. Yeah. 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 yeah, Other than that, nothing.
1: Good experience. Is there anything you would have done differently?
0: Actually, I think the fact that the drip fell out was really, really lucky. And if I went through it again, I would say to them right at the beginning... When I'm in full-blown labour, I want you to turn it down sure. and see if my body can
1: take over. Can take over. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. It was almost like a, a little like little blessing in disguise. Yeah, it was lucky. Because if they had have noticed, the care team, they might have put it back in. Yeah. And you said that you felt instantly your body wasn't... You weren't as tense and you didn't feel as... Yeah. Uh, it wasn't in, as intense and you weren't as tense. I wasn't...
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, there's a the panic... So I think that moment when I asked for the epidural was I still probably still had the drip in. Sure. And it was, my whole body was tense. I didn't think that I could birth a baby because you have to relax for those muscles to release enough yeah. for the baby to fit through. yeah. And I couldn't relax them. So I didn't quite know what to do. But yeah, when that pain... That, and look, everyone experiences different levels of pain and, and everyone's body is different. So I don't know how it would be for other people but I, I don't
1: know if I could have burst through that
0: tenseness
1: yeah it's quite ironic that something that has been um done or given or administered whatever you want to say to try and assist you mm. is actually something that could have potentially been working against you from the sounds of the sounds of it with, possibly yeah, yeah. Mm. you knew you were having a boy <sighs> yes and so you had George yes and how was he um, mm-hmm. in terms of the, the general bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, all good. But nothing. Nothing to report. Really. Apart baby? from the apart from the tongue tie. He, yes. Yeah, the paediatrician picked that up. But um, yeah, he had a little notch in his tongue. But yeah, no, nothing other than that. Sorry. What else did you? Ask? What was his size like? He was uh, three point five kilos. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can't remember 50, 51. I think yeah. same, oh, exactly that the same,
1: same as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah they both turned into to be quite big boys. Fifty-one and a half he was. I think okay. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pip you at the post. On I'm, the going. I'm gonna go go home and check my birth poster <laughs> on the wall. Isn't it funny? Like you just these things. There's so many details to remember. But it sounds yeah. like. A, pretty good experience all yeah. round yeah yeah definitely a good
0: experience i would definitely do a water birth again um i can't recommend the group midwife practice highly enough mm-hmm. uh yeah i think it's i think it's a fantastic
1: service that's offered yeah
0: amazing thank you for sharing
1: thank you